You're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Tech Box. Uh, I have with me today uh, Richard Yates. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon, James. Hope you're well. Hello, everybody. Okay, so let's kick off this episode straight away. We'll forego the weather as it's fairly middling at the moment, isn't it? It's as kind of as expected. <laughs> yeah, not much to get excited about, that's for sure. And we'll crack on to the first subject, which is Apple Pay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that both of us actually, running up to the end of last year, were chatting and sort of saying, well... It's nice enough, but we don't particularly use it actively. And I know that you've made a special effort to uh, uh, to use it a little bit more. Do you want to give us your uh, rundown on your experiment? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I had a fair amount of stick after after the last show on Twitter, basically saying, you know, Apple Pay is good. You should you should try it. And, and I think, in fairness to me, when I first tried it, um, yeah, it worked most of the time, but I came across quite a lot of places that didn't take it, and I kept coming up against the contactless £30 limit. Um, of course, since then, what's happened is that an awful lot of terminals have been upgraded so that the £30 limit has gone, um, and also an awful lot of places now take it uh, that you know, didn't do contactless or whatever um, back on uh, 18 months ago, was it, when Apple came in? I, I honestly can't remember. It's a little while back, isn't it? got to be something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I think the first time I used it actually was was the day before the, the dreaded referendum, but that's the only reference I want to make to that today. Um, so that's going to be June 16, isn't it? So, yeah, about about 18 months ago. Um, and, you know, when it worked, it was great, but uh, as I say, I kept coming across places where I couldn't use it. So having, having had this stick, I, I decided to set myself a challenge and the challenge is I'm going to go for as long as I possibly can without actually using a piece of plastic I'm going to use Apple Pay or, or maybe Android Pay as well actually I'll probably put Android Pay on something and, and try that out although that seems not to be quite so secure as Apple Pay from, from what I understand in as much as you sort of basically open the phone and waft it generally in the direction of the terminal. No, I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at that in enough detail, whereas I am pretty confident that Apple Pay is doing a, uh, a biometric check every time that you, you pay. Uh, I've got, got it on my um, iPhone 10 and my spare iPhone, which is uh, currently an SE. Um, and, you know, they both, both so far have worked flawlessly. I, I, I've only had one failure since I started doing this, which was the 28th of December, uh, and that was when I went to see Star Wars the other evening, and, and as I came out of the cinema, I was going to pay for the car park using Apple Pay, but my iPhone 10 had become extremely hot and extremely flat, so maybe it got hit by a stray lightsaber or something like that, but um, either way, whatever happened, it wasn't working properly. Um, indeed it wouldn't even power up so I had to use old fashioned coins in the car park but that's not a failure of the technology in that sense it's a failure of the, the phone battery maybe but it's not a failure of, of Apple Pay so so I'm pressing on and uh, it's interesting if you look at Apple's um, financial results the, um, the, the sort of um, income that's, that is Apple Pay is steadily climbing and, and you could actually see Apple being quite a big financial services company if it wants to be yeah. in the not very far future because you know it's got Apple Pay going on to all these terminals all over the place I think Italy went live this week um, Apple Pay is starting to be used on websites well you know Apple gets a cut out of every single one of those transactions it may be infinitesimally small but they, they do all add up so 
yeah, I, I must say, I think I'm quite optimistic about the technology. Um, I think my wife still worries about me getting out an iPhone 10 and waving it in front of a contactless terminal. She thinks it might be a target for crime. Well, who's to say it won't? But, um, yeah, in terms of the technology, the technology is doing a good job. Yeah, I think there's safety in numbers when it comes to waggling around expensive iPhones. I mean, I suppose thieves could take their pick grabbing it out of unsuspecting hands all over the place, couldn't they? So Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they could. And, and let's say, see, if somebody wants your phone, they're going to get it. I, I, I yeah. just look on the basis that if I'm spending that sort of money on a phone, I'm not then going to be frightened to use it. It's... um. It could happen, but it's insured, so you know, just to worry about it when it when it does happen. I tell you one thing that is quite interesting with Apple Pay that I've noticed is I've um, associated mine with my American Express credit card, yeah. and this is the credit card that gives you air miles. Uh huh. So it's good in that I can pay for the smallest thing, and it all helps to add on to getting you know points for um, yeah. air miles, which is great. Because um, you don't kind of think of it when you're using Apple Pay, you just use it as the default. But the one thing uh, that does hold me back a little bit is that not every kiosk will accept American Express. And if they don't accept American Express, but they do ex- accept Apple Pay, then you still can't pay with you Apple Pay. You still can't Pay. use it, no, because it, it recognises it as a virtual Amex card, doesn't it? Yeah, I have to say, actually, I do have my Barclays debit card associated in my Apple Pay wallet as well, but... To be honest, there's a little bit of friction there flipping them around. I know it's tiny, but uh, all the same, I, I tend just to stick, keep it on my uh, Amex card and just use that. The interesting thing, though, is that once you've loaded up that Amex card onto Apple Pay, every time I make a payment with my American Express card that's not through Apple Pay, it pops up on my phone. It still tells you, yeah. Yeah, which is curious, isn't it? Uh, it, it is curious. I mean, it goes to show it's quite tightly integrated, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's actually quite useful. Um, I think the only problem I, I have with Amex is that they have a pretty strict device limit, so I'm forever ringing up saying, I've changed this, please de- deactivate that. Oh, really? Okay. But I suppose that's probably for Yeah, I, I mean, for example, I've got two iPhones and two Apple Watches. Um, why have I got two Apple Watches? Well, I use it for monitoring my heart, so... I take the old one. I have the old one on when I'm asleep, so I can see how my heart has been while I'm asleep, um, and and that's primarily a, a precautionary thing because I, I had a bit of a, a bit of a fright twelve months ago. Um, touch wood, fine since. Um, but the result is I've got like you know four Apple devices, and Amex Lonely Lays have three, so I can't put Apple Pay on both watches and both phones, which. I mean, to be honest, I, 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 I'm perfectly happy to use the, the watch to pay for things, but I don't find it a very comfortable gesture because I wear my watch on my left hand and, and you know, it, getting it onto a terminal doesn't strike me as terribly easy. I suppose I should, should progress to that next, shouldn't I really? Yeah. I should, should keep my wife quiet as well. I have to say that I don't use the watch to pay, I just use the phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I only only found out about this limit when I last did a change of devices, and um, both of the watches I put Apple Pay on first, and when I got to the second iPhone, it basically said, "Nope, not doing that. You can't do that." And, mm. and I had to ring them up and find out. But but yeah, I've noticed that it works very well, doesn't it? Because you get this notification every time you uh, you spend on it, um, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I've I've found that quite useful too. Uh, and you're right, it is a good way to click up the air miles, although I've got to say, whenever I try and do that, it never seems to have the available flights when I want them. But No, I think that's what I'm finding out. I'm finding you can rack up the points fairly quickly, but actually spending them is l- probably less good. I, I've got some discounts on it, so I'll get like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of points based on, you know, 
not millions of pounds worth of spend, but you know, loads and loads of money's worth of spend. You and do you spend end, a lot of the year, don't you? Yeah, it adds up, and mm. you, but you still only you, you do get. I tell you what, it is good. You do get um, a significant amount in terms of like twenty quid here, fifty quid here off the flights, and I have spent enough for that companion voucher. Mm. So that does mean that I get a free in inverted commas flight when I buy one. So it's a bit like buy one, get one free, but I think you have to pay the taxes and everything else on the second one, which I've not seen yet, but I assume it adds up to, you know, 50% of the flight. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd guess at half. I mean, who knows? It's, but it will be quite significant, depending on where, where you go from. Um, but um, no, I, I mean, yes, you, you, you're right. It is quite useful. I mean, some of my other cards do, uh, do something similar. Um, I must admit, I haven't actually tried them to see if, if non-Apple Pay transactions flash up. I'll, I'll try and make a point of looking at that in the next week or two. Um, usually, I'm paying on um, a nationwide credit card. Uh, so, yeah, hmm, that'd be interesting to try. But I have noticed, I've noticed that with Amex. It's quite useful, I think. Maybe that's just, maybe that is just a characteristic of Amex then, because I've got my deb- other Barclays debit card on there, and when I do pay with that, it doesn't it doesn't pop up. Basically, uh, I, the other thing is that I've not paid for anything over £30 yet, even though I'm conscious that a lot of tills now do accept over £30. I've not yet done that. Mostly I'm, with Apple Pay, I'm buying sandwiches and, you know, small items. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that was kind of the way I was conditioned and, and kind of why I never really bothered with it. But, um, but since then, um, yeah, I've used it quite a few times. Things like uh, filling the car up, for example, with, um, with fuel... Uh, I've used it in Sainsbury's, used it in Asda. Um, yeah, I think that's probably probably it so far. I mean, it, you know, it is only, what, fortnight, isn't it, since I started trying to use this exclusively. Mm. Uh, collected the cinema tickets with it. Yeah, I paid uh, paid in Pizza Express the other day with it. That was sort of 40-odd quid. So, yeah, I, I, I've yet to come across a terminal that is restricted to the, the, the £30. Um, and actually, I think this is quite positive because... Uh, I'm not a great fan of contactless. It's you know, you get my contactless card. You can spend ninety quid before anything gets stopped, can't you? So, yeah. so I, I prefer the idea of, of Apple Pay. Um, and and yeah, I feel very frustrated that that my my business bank won't allow me to have Apple Pay, even though it allows personal customers to do it. Yeah, uh, and they go, well, it's more, you know, it's a business account. You might have more than one signatory. And I go, yes, but I don't have more than one signatory. Oh well, same rules, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I think it's coming on, and and I think it's. I think Apple, as they sometimes do, spotted an opportunity before anybody else, perfected it before anybody else. I mean, I noticed that, that you know, we, we now have, what do we have? We have Apple Pay, uh, and and uh, you notice they got something like 49% of the UK sales market just before Christmas. Um, and then you've got Android Pay, and then you've got Samsung Pay, and then this Fitbit Pay, and I noticed that yeah. LG Pay is about to launch. Yeah, well, I saw that, yeah. For, for heaven's sake, you know, talk about a fragmented thing, and, and, and I guess that may be partly why um, Android Pay is being rebranded as Google Pay. Um, Apple has got a product that, you know, has very much um, established itself quite quickly. Uh, it's available on all of the current range, even down to the SE, and I noticed the other day that... that um, uh, gift gap, I think it was, was selling uh, 32 gigabyte SEs for £199. Well, are they doing that again now? Are they because they were doing that in the run up to Christmas? Yeah, they were a couple of days ago, whether they still are, I don't know. But you know, when you get down to that price, it's the best place to get them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that price it's just you know, a crazy good offer, isn't it? So, so Apple really can get themselves through the door 
in the electronic payments field in just about every segment, I think. When you have the Apple Pay payment plan, which they push quite a lot, are they owning the finance on that as well? So, But mind you, I guess they're not really making a huge amount of money on that. It's just increased sales, isn't it? It's not like well, they're charging interest. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I know when, when you do, for example, the um, like I've done on the iPhone 10, the, um, the what do they call it, the deal where you... You basically end up as a priority customer, don't you? Um, Apple Pay? Oh no, what do they call it? Uh, Apple Care? No, it's, it's not. It's not Apple Care. I'm thinking of. It's that there's a there's a plan where you pay so much a month towards the phone, and then you get the chance to join the queue to pre-order early or something. Ah, uh, that's the one that I meant. There, that's the. Yeah. Um, well, the the finance on that is done by Barclays in the UK. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But my guess is that they probably get some commission out of Barclays. I mean, it's, certainly it's quite usual in, in that industry. Um, and and of course they get a, a cut out of every payment. It's, so it, it's um, yeah, it's a good source of income for Apple. I think it, it probably is likely to be an increasingly good source of income as well over, over yeah. time because everything from a two hundred pound phone to a twelve hundred pound phone has got the ability to pay by Apple Pay. So so yeah, well spotted. If they can keep their user numbers up because they're so obsessed with, you know, profit margins on the device, etc., they do need to keep one eye on actually having a high number of users. So if you were to go to India or Mexico or one of these other countries where there's a really high percentage of Android users, Mm. they're not going to get all those Apple Pay transactions because they haven't got the number of devices you know well they've probably got the absolute number of devices but they haven't got the percentage number of devices yeah i think that's true and i, and I think that's partly why they've um rolled it out into new markets quite slowly um, yeah i mean as i said they, they, they rolled it out in, in italy last week um which certainly at, t- at one point had the highest penetration of mobiles in europe ahead of population so they've obviously taken their time there although italy has the other problem of about 40, 40 banks and quite regional banks and whatever so actually bringing it on a stream in a, in a country where there's that many banks to take into account obviously it's going to take longer i've, I've just checked on the on the se it's a, okay it's a refurbished one but yeah 199 pounds in rose gold mm. Or indeed in gold, not in black. It all depends who's done the refurbishing there. I think if it's a a decent Apple style refurb, then that's a great bargain. If it's a you know a dodgy, they've just put a cloth over it refurb, then it's not such a great deal. I, I, I know when I've bought refurb phones from O2 before and gift gaffs part of O2, they've been pretty much indistinguishable from new except for okay. the box. Okay. I mean, this this says these phones are in superb condition. They've either been returned in near-perfect condition or have gone through a level of refurbishment. There may be the odd mark or scratch, but it would be barely noticeable. Uh, they've all been checked and restored back to their near-original state for resale. Supplied in plain boxes, USB cable, charging, not supply the mains adapter. Okay. And what capacity is that for 199? That's the 32. That's still pretty good, isn't it? It's, it's not bad, is it? Um, you know, you've got, only got a choice of gold or rose gold now. Maybe there was some more before, but... You know, if if you can pick up an iPhone at that price, that you, and you don't mind it being gold or rose gold, I mean, my my SE is a rose gold one. I actually love the colour. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, um, but you know, if you don't mind that, there's not really much you can say wrong with that deal, is there? Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good. It's extremely cheap. So, so well done to them. Well done to Apple. And and I think Apple Pay is not only here to stay. I think it's going to continue. And, and I'm going to continue trying to stick to paying by Apple Pay for as long as I can. 
Um, and we'll see when I come across the first major hiccup. You know, it's bound to happen at some point. I, I, I wouldn't feel at all comfortable going out without another form of payment, like, like some people do. I mean, it, it would have left me unable to get the car out of the car park the other day. I suppose I could have sat, sat in the car and charged up the, the phone for 20 minutes, but uh, I suppose maybe that would, yeah, that would have done it, wouldn't it, really? But it, it, um, it, it would have been a bit silly. So, but, but certainly in terms of, Trying to use it as my main method of paying. Well, let's let's give it a go and see how, see how it yeah. uh, see how it runs. But yeah, so far so good. Well done. Okay. Well, yet more yet more crow that I've got to eat. But you yes. know, I'm I'm good at the diet of crow. So there we are. So the last couple of weeks has not been solely apple for you. No, 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 no. It, it hasn't actually. It's been a, an interesting few weeks. I, I, I last year I, I was asked to. Um, joining a collaborative business with a, a friend of mine and, and this business has got I think nine employees um, and it's a Windows business and not, well, it doesn't make Windows but uh, you know, all of its computing is done on Windows and um, and that's been a bit of a bit of a sort of difficult time for me really because all of mine has always been on Mac um, and I finally bit the bullet uh, at Christmas and bought a PC um, and so I had to learn Windows 10 fairly thoroughly um, and, and I've got to say, it's a huge improvement over any previous version of Windows I've used. It, it still has one or two familiar things from when I had the misfortune to use things like uh, NT and Millennium Edition and whatever. Ooh, um, Millennium Edition, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah juicy stuff. Um, but it has to be said, yeah, it's actually quite a nice operating system. Um, there have been a few uh, little hiccups along the way. Um, one of the more entertaining ones is that uh, is that in my little office I've got uh, dual monitors, um, and I set the PC up downstairs, and I knew there would be hours and hours of updates and whatever else, and of course there were. Um, and then I tried to upgrade it to Windows 10 Pro, which seemed to work, and now seems to have unworked. It's gone back to being Windows 10 Home, and I don't quite understand that, but I don't have time to look at it now. Um, so I set it up downstairs with a, an old um, VGA monitor that actually I'd had in the shed for about three months. Mm. Um, but I thought, this is going to be easier than trying to set it up in situ when I'm also trying to work meantime. So yeah. it sat downstairs for two or three days, and every evening I'd sort of spend an hour on it, um, you know, loading stuff and getting it working. And, and one of the first things I did was install uh, Chrome remote desktop, so I was able to do most of the actual setting it up, sat in the sat in the living room watching the telly. But um, anyway, so I, I got it all set up, and brought it all upstairs, and reorganised the office, and got the the main box. It's a, it's a Dell uh, sort of small profile desktop. Um, got the main box installed under the desk. Uh, put the PC link cable in so I can run a KVM switch with the Mac, um, and um, switched it all on. Black screens. And I thought, this is just crazy, you know, this is working perfectly an hour ago downstairs, what's the mm. problem? Um, so, in some desperation, I thought, well, I can't actually work with this if all it's doing is giving me two black screens, so I'm going to have to go back to the Mac, which has been playing up comprehensively for about oh, six months now, entirely my own fault, that's another story. Um so I thought, well, okay, I'll go and fetch the VGA monitor upstairs. I know it was working with that. Plug the VGA monitor in. Sure enough, it came to life. And, okay. um, and once it had come to life, it detected the other two monitors, so I ended up with three monitors, not right, two. yeah, yeah. Now, of course, what I now know, I mean, at the time, I mean, this is a horrendous time of year for me at work. It's all tax returns and ugh, horrible. Um, um, but I thought, well, I really don't have time to try and reconfigure this. I'll, I'll have a look at it this evening. Meanwhile, I've got to get on with some work. Um, and 
Um, what actually happened, of course, is that, is that in Windows you can designate which is the primary monitor, and because the whole system had been set up with the VGA monitor, it was the, pri- uh, the, the primary monitor, and so if you didn't have it plugged right, yeah. in, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. Well, actually, what's happened is that I've gone from having a single monitor for years and somewhat poo-pooing people with loads of monitors to a situation where I now have a very noisy arriving email there um, I now have three monitors because it's actually been quite useful I've got the thing I'm working on on one monitor something I'm referring to on the next one and I've got the, the old VGA uh, uh, flat screen monitor I'm just using it to have my email on so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking this is ridiculous I've gone from, from one extreme to another and I suppose that's what always happens with converts isn't it but um, but no it's working remarkably well and and so far I haven't had any great problems had some problems getting it to talk to my wireless printer but that was solved by downloading an update to the software um, it seems to be running I'll say it's very quietly surprisingly well I mean I've, I've got a few programs yet to install on it had a a lot of grief getting my accounts program moved over because that's a great big SQL Server database and that took several phone calls and whatever to technical support, but that's working as well. And so I've kind of gone to the dark side to keep up the theme of, of Star Wars. Mm. Um, I've had for some while a PC laptop. And, and the reason the reason for all of these things being PC is that um, it's, you know I, I do accounts and tax work and almost all of the software that does anything specialist on that is PC only. So, so I've had to have a PC laptop. I haven't used a, a Mac laptop for work for quite a long time now. It, it, it just became too difficult with, with the, as the programs increased in size and complexity. So running any sort of emulation on the Mac just couldn't cope with, with what was being asked of it. So what about so, just using the laptop then? Well, yeah, I did use just the laptop for a while, but um, but it's not, it's not... The laptop is great. It's fun when you're traveling around, but it's it's... It's nicer in a way to have a, a machine that's kind of there all the time that, uh, I mean, let's face it, I can log into it and get stuff off it and whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was finding, you know, doing some of these things just on the laptop was a bit confining. Um, I suppose I should probably get the, the laptop to talk to the same machine and have four monitors now. I'm not going to go there. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's been a, been surprisingly good. Now, of course, news reaches us from New York that the world of PCs is not always um, a laugh, doesn't no, it? Really? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, I, 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 we're talking to uh, to Andy this afternoon on a, on a local group. Um, he seems to have bought himself an all-in-one machine and then killed it by updating it. Which um, yeah. That's always the nightmare scenario, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened to my my younger son just after Christmas. He did the usual Windows updates, and um, basically his Windows 10 installation collapsed. Um, he had to take it into somewhere to retrieve his data off it, and uh, it's basically got to be completely reinstalled. I mean, that just shouldn't happen with updates. It's not mm. that old a laptop, and what's more, I'm sure he didn't do anything he wasn't supposed to do. So presumably, there's a number of people with that. But Andy, he did the same thing, didn't he? He upgraded, I think, one of his drivers or something. And in the process, it's a known program with the model, which basically now has a non-working screen, which if you've got an all-in-one computer is uh, less than ideal, it seems to me. So, I mean, between us all, I think we've sent him some um, some ideas as to how to get out of that hole. But but as he said, I hate Windows. And yeah, when Windows goes wrong, it seems to go wrong more cataclysmically than, than Mac OS. Um, but then... You know, I've been having problems with Mac OS. I actually bit the bullet and, and wiped the hard hard drive of my desktop Mac two days ago. So that's okay. that's also being rebuilt. Obviously, decided I've had enough of these things. Let's start again. Time um, of the year for uh, fresh installs. Well, yeah, it's also the time of year that I just have to have a machine that's reliable. Um, in the number of times that, that you know, in, in January, I mean, 
you know, I've taken some time out now. But in general, you know, I tend to work for probably three weeks before I have a proper day off because that's just the way the information comes in and the deadlines don't move. Um, and, and you'd be amazed it, it, when you're working that sort of pressure, that's when the niggling problem with the yeah. computer becomes a big problem with the yeah. computer. So um, I thought, well, I'm just going to sort of wipe this. It, 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 I, I basically tried to install um, boot camp on it so I could get a Windows installation running uh, as well as a, a Mac one. Uh, about nine months ago and it didn't work and I tried to uninstall it and succeeded in um, getting the the drive back to being all Mac except that somewhere on there there was um, a bootloader program which helpfully tried to lo- load Windows after I'd wiped it and basically resulted in the Mac hanging every time you tried to launch it unless you hit the right key sequence at the right time um, and I thought oh, well this is a, you know, one of a number of problems that's been happening with this machine which is now five years old Time to clear out the rubbish. So, uh, so, so yesterday, though, before you got the the full wipe the hard disk treatment and, uh, and start again. So, I mean, it still needs some some time spending on it, but it should be a lot better when it, once it's uh, once it's all sorted. So, yeah, it's obviously um, obviously had a brain brainstorm there and thought, well, I'm going to uh, you know, attack both of these with new hard disks and see where they go. But, but at the moment, they're playing very nicely, actually. It must be said. So if I was a burglar and I come into your house and I steal all of your PCs... All of and, my PCs? Yeah. All, and all you, is a slight exaggeration, but yeah. And you uh, go to your insurer or piggy bank and they say, OK, we will allow you to repurchase one machine. Which machine mm. would you go for? Well, uh, it depends on the criterion you're telling me to choose from. If it if it was a case that I'm, um, you know, I you suppose know, you have to because your work software. Yeah, that's Windows. the problem. It would have to be Windows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably I would probably buy another laptop like the one I've got, which is a Dell of some sort, where the the, the, um, the screen detaches and becomes a tablet. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, can't remember the, can't remember the model now. I can't easily look because it's the machine that's that's in. Um, you, uh, recording me now um probably that because it's really been a, a great great device so you've got one of these um convertible yeah tablet slash laptop things yeah and how right. often do you tabletize it very rarely <laughs> very rarely indeed that tends to mean that the laptop itself is nice and thin and light but yeah i couldn't i personally couldn't anticipate finding a use for a windows tablet at all no uh, no to be too nice there's some truth in that i mean the reason why uh, i got it well there are two reasons why i got it one is i wanted um excuse me i wanted a um a, a windows laptop and um because i travel a lot and it goes in a, in a, a backpack you know along with my papers and whatever i wanted a nice small one um the idea of having a detachable screen well it's quite nice but it wouldn't have been a reason to buy it so the other thing i was looking at was maybe a, um, a surface but the real reason was because I, I got it on psc forum at an absolutely bargain price um uh, you know it, it cost me about i think it was about 600 or 650 quid against a list of 1200 quid okay um mostly okay. because somebody had it before me liked it so much they wanted to upgrade to a, a higher spec model and i'm just looking at this it's um Eight gigabytes of RAM, uh, Intel Core M5. You know, it's it's not massively powerful, yeah. but it's plenty. You know, yeah. Um, obviously, it's touch screen. Um, it's um, 
Yeah, you know, it runs very nicely. It's got similar spec to a uh, a MacBook. Yeah, not dissimilar, and and it's got um, a couple of USB C sockets, unlike a MacBook, um, which is plenty. You can get on with that, okay. Um, okay, I do do stick in a USB uh, hub just so I can get some some legacy connectors attached to it, but that's fine. Um, it's a nice machine. It goes just just fine. I mean, um, I'm really really very happy with it. It's. Uh, it quite possibly, I, I think probably I would have discounted buying it because it, it, it was a Dell, and I think Dell is probably slightly expensive equipment. But then on the other hand, it does a really good job. I'm I'm very happy with it. So all in all, it's been a good, uh, you know, been a good buy. Uh, but I think to go back to your question, if I had to choose one, I'd have to choose Windows for for work. What would I choose if I was not using it for work at all? If I wasn't using it for work at all, I'd probably buy a Chromebook. <laughs> but, um, mm. but a Chromebook is pretty useless to me because although you can now get Office on a Chromebook, you've got the same problem of um, the programs that I have to use for work not being available. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it would have to be back, back to Windows, I think, until such time as, as cloud-based solutions uh, arrive, and, and they haven't done yet. For what the Chromebook does, it does it so well. It's oh, just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I've got a battered out Chromebook that's probably only sort of second or third generation, I would guess. And it's got two gig of RAM. It's got a, you know, like an Atom style processor, a little bit more than that. Uh, 16 gig of storage. And it just flies. It's just yeah. so quick. It they're they're boots really good in devices, aren't seconds. they? It reboots in seconds. It, it's just incredible. I think I think one of the problems I have with the Chromebook is that I you know I, I obviously I email stuff in and out all the time. It is almost exclusively um, Microsoft Office stuff. Um, I did use uh, LibreOffice for a while, which most of the time is a really good free alternative to to Microsoft Office. But then I started getting problems with people who go, oh, well, columns are wrong on this, or some of these formulas yeah. don't work. And yeah. and in the end, I thought, well, I'm just going to get an Office three three six five subscription, which I did. Um, Assume it, it, that works quite well on a Chromebook. Uh, yeah, I guess it would do, but but the problem is still these specific programs for accounts and tax that I have to use. Um, I think, to be honest, I mean, you and I both got a Pixel C. Um, Word and Excel work very well on the Pixel C. Yeah, um, printing doesn't work so well on the Pixel C. Was, but let me give you an yeah. aside on the Pixel C. So, yeah. I mean, I I think we both love it in terms yeah. of the device itself and the characteristics. The one thing that is frustrating for me is the standby battery time. Do you notice any problems with that? Um, I've not had any problems so far. I think, um, it, I think it depends on the usage. My usage of tablets tends to be they sit in a corner for a week, and then I'll pick them up and use them, and then I'll put them back in a corner and I'll pick them up yeah. again and, and that's, that's, that's when you discover it's gone flat or something yeah exactly and the the beauty of a ipad is that you pick it up and it roughly has as much battery in it as when you put it down you have to kind of leave it for weeks and weeks for it to uh you know run out of, of battery if it's just left there not doing anything yeah you're completely I, right yeah. yeah whereas i found the pixel c is kind of like you know like a, a phone with a massive battery i.e if you don't do anything with it, it lasts about a week and then will die. And it's yeah, just I, a little I, bit annoying. It just means you have to keep recharging it. If you yeah, recharge you, you it keep your eye every it, day. You? And, um, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I think it's because I don't actively use it every day that I uh, I 
suffer from this, but I just wondered if you'd noticed anything on that. Are you suffering from the same same creeping illness that I've got, where I, I'm gradually accumulating tablet computers? Of one yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I think that I, I love tablets so much. You get so much bang for your buck compared yeah. to a phone, uh, and they. I find that different tablets for different use cases is really interesting. One of yeah, the um, I agree. Yeah, one of the Android tablets that I've got that holds its charge fantastically is the one of the old amazon 8.9 hdx you know when amazon was still chasing the ipad air market so they were making top top end tablets uh and actually i think this is probably still it's probably challenged a little bit by the pixel c but apart from that there's not many tab uh, android tablets out there that uh are as nice feeling as this one and have got such a nice screen and is such a nice build quality. It's really fantastic. I think that's a really strange thing, isn't it, really? That, that, you know, if you look at, at where Google has positioned itself with the, uh, the the latest Pixel phones, I mean, you know, people have been going, oh, gosh, look at the, look at the price of the Chromebook. Well, actually, the price of the Chromebook looks to me to be a huge bargain compared to the Pixel 2 XL, for example. Okay, different different thing altogether. But as you say, you're getting a huge amount of technology for your money yeah. with, uh, with yeah. one of those. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 d- I don't really understand why Google hasn't done more to produce better Android tablets. I mean, my mum still uses her... Um, Seven-inch Nexus. Do you remember those? Yeah, yes. very nice. And, yeah, and, and it's a, it's still a good little device, actually. Yeah. Why, why did they not go further further on with that? I, don't, I really don't know. I don't and, understand exactly as you're saying. I don't understand why they don't leave a seven-inch and a ten-inch tablet in the market. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd think you'd, you'd think they would. I mean, you know, the other thing is that they their Android wear. Uh, just seems to be a totally you know, yeah that's sort of strange. dying on the vine isn't it yeah yeah you know where are the where are the you know, sort of in-phone payments where are the uh, you know health monitors where are the the uh, you know the the, uh, the comparable things to the Apple Watch now uh, I've said this before the Apple Watch is one of the things that keeps me on iOS uh, it's not the only thing that keeps me on iOS but it's one of them um, but it. <laughs> It's partly because there isn't a real, com- a real, any real competition. You know, you can you can get a, an Android Wear watch that does parts of um, of what an Apple Watch does, but none does it as elegantly. I mean, if I, I've got an Android Wear watch sitting next to me that you know I bought it before Christmas. Unfortunately, because of the postal delays, it didn't arrive when I, I wanted it. So I thought, well, I knew I'd go a business trip. I thought I'll see if I can break myself of, of the Apple Watch by wearing yeah. this for yeah. the, the three days I was away. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't arrive till after I got back, and, and then it was Christmas, and I've not really got around to looking at it. But but when I look at it, and I think, well, yeah, it's okay, but you know, does it really do what the Apple Watch does? And the answer is no. And and I don't understand why Google isn't doing something about that, or why it isn't doing something about tablets. Um, given some of the other things that they're branching into, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is interesting, isn't it? If you if you look at what's out there, and and you look at the sort of combined sort of the way the various ecosystems hold together, um, in some ways, Google is doing really well. In other ways, it's leaving these sort of great big gaps open to, to competition. Um, I mean, the fact that Amazon still has a tablet range, in some ways, is a, is a measure of the fact that Google has completely failed on the Android tablet range. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, the, the, the sort of available stuff on, on Amazon is actually still pretty good compared to most of the Android stuff out there, but yeah. none of it is as good as the iPad. No. I mean, now the iPad is just 
you know, leaps and bounds ahead. But it didn't need to be like that. When, you know, uh, Google had this knee-jerk reaction of flooding the market with the Nexus 7 2012 and the Nexus 7 2013, try and sort of really give a, a kick up the bum to the Android developers to be developing tablet applications. And all of a sudden, they just kind of have let it go. But I don't think that they should let it go. I think even though it's not working 100% for them, they need to maintain it so that, you know, it's definitely a class of computing. You know, uh, Apple is putting a lot of store in the iPad being used as a class of computer. You know, it's pushing down the range, which it does very rarely to get the, um, the, uh, what would you call it? The iPad 2017, I guess the, the base model now get that out there at 300 quid, Mm. um, put a lot of effort into making really, really top end hardware on the pros. So they're really pushing full steam ahead on the iPad. And I think that they'll be in a similar state where they have, you know, the iPhone giving, a massively high percentage of all their sales and revenues and the iPads kind of not doing a lot, but they're persevering with it. They're saying we've got faith in this form factor and we're pushing it. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I think for 99% of people, maybe not that much, but for a decent number of people, an iPad is all the computer that you actually need. Yeah. You know, me and you know, me, you geeks, etc. you know, we want, PCs and we want Macs, but for a lot of people, an iPad is enough. Most of, most of what I do doesn't actually need uh, a com- Well, no, I'll rephrase that. What I do that's personal doesn't need a computer. Um, I mean, I might choose to do a lot of it on a computer because I, I, you know, I quite like a keyboard and whatever, but let's face it, there are some nice keyboards out for iPads mm. and, and lots of other things. Um, I, I think, um, I, I, you know, I, I do think you're right. Uh, Apple really is, is getting to a point with the iPad where, you know, we've now got three sizes of iPad, three sizes of iPhone. Um, my main worry is that there doesn't seem to be any development for the iPad mini. And actually, in lots of ways, the iPad mini is the one I like the most. I use it as a yeah. book. I yeah. use it when I go on holiday. It's good enough to do emails on. Um, I don't watch lots of video, but, you know, when I do, it's it's good enough for what I want. Um you know, I, I listen to it. I listen to it sort of when I'm going to sleep at night. You know, it, it, it is my favourite one of those devices because of its convenience. And, and yeah, uh, I mean, actually, just before Christmas, I got um, the new uh, iPad Pro, the ten and a half inch one or whatever it is. Yes, yeah, that is that is close to it. But the thing that it fails on is that it's quite heavy in your hand if you're sitting there trying yeah. to read a book at bedtime. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it, after a while, it's not comfortable. Whereas the iPad yeah. Mini. Is every bit as comfortable as an ordinary book? I think so. I'd like to see that. So I suppose there is also the possibility that they'll they'll bring out a, a supersized iPhone and and, and and kill its its gap, if you like. I mean, um, when I went away in September, I took the um, Xiaomi Mi Max Two, uh, and and actually that did me okay because I, I actually I used it with um, an old iPad Mini keyboard. A Bluetooth keyboard, and um, although obviously the keyboard was too big for it, it was it was absolutely fine. I could read the screen okay, kept up yeah. various business emails, and came home again. So, yeah, it, it, it. I wish they'd do the smart keyboard for the mini and the non-pro iPads because I just yeah. love that mini keyboard. It's so nice. Well, I mean, the, to be honest, the, the, the keyboards that I use tend to be ones made by Logitech um, because I'm not a huge fan of those. Those are the ones, but but of course, the trouble is, it doesn't have the was it a small socket or whatever it is on the side, does it? Yeah, smart it, connector. Yeah, connector. That's what it. It needs to be up, up, upgraded, and really, the only way we're going to get that is to to actually have a um, 
uh, a new iPad Mini. I mean, for the same reason, it doesn't work with the Apple Pencil, does it? If I remember rightly, no, because it's not no, the right screen. Yeah. Um, there's there's a gadget that I, I thought, yeah, that might be quite interesting to play with. I'm still trying to find a use for it, but I'm sure it could be useful to somebody. The, did you get the pencil then? Did you? Yeah, yeah, I got on an, um, an eBay sale from. Oh, okay, um, yeah, nice. World. Yeah, I've used it a little bit. I mean, to be honest, the main thing I've, I've used it for is, is taking notes. But <laughs> you can, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of stretching, it, isn't it, to say, well, I need an Apple pencil and an iPad Pro in order to take notes in a meeting. It, um, yeah, I think it's just looking for a looking for a solution, as it were. But um, but no, so I, yeah, I, I think Apple goes forward in twenty eighteen in, with a pretty damn good range. Actually, in fairness, I, I think their their tablets and phones are easily easily uh, out front. So yeah. especially the tablets, where they look weak to me is on on computers. And actually, ironically, yeah. I having, having sort of transitioned everything. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a classic example. I, the, the, what got me into Apple Kit, I had a um, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the model name was now, but it was an old Apple running um, Mac OS 7 back in the 80s, and then I had nothing Apple again until I bought an iPod, and that is what sucked me into the whole um, Apple ecosystem bit by bit. I had the iPod, and then I had um, a, an iBook, and gradually but gradually everything became Apple. And what's actually happening now is that I'm being sort of sucked out of everything being Apple, but but not in the same direction. So, um, you know, my, my PC computing requirement has to be Windows. I have no real choice about that. Um, surprisingly, my phone doesn't have to be Windows, although I do have one. Um, but you can kind of see how everything is sort of being shaken up again by, by these various companies, but it's still quite hard to work out where it's all going to come down, um, or, it, or even if it actually matters where it's all going to come down. But, yeah, interesting times ahead, I guess. Mm. And you've got yourself a new Android phone yeah. just today. Yeah, a very funky Android phone, as much as it comes with a very bright orange case. Oh, um, case or... No, no, case. Um, it's, it's a case. What do I call it? Casing? No, no, the casing is a sort of gunmetal, I guess. Um, yeah, this is the... the um, what is it now? What is the model? It's the Wiley Fox Swift 2 Plus... Add included edition, which mm. um, which was very briefly for sale on their website at the ludicrous price of seventy quid. Now, if I say to you, it's a dual sim metal, you know, metal frame, five inch screen. I think um, what's it got? It's a USB C. I haven't tried the camera yet. Um, in fact, there's one or two specs I haven't looked at yet. Um, but Steve literally was going, yeah, if you can get this, you've got to go for this, folks. It's an amazing price. And actually, my yeah. first, first impression is that he's right. It, it looks well out of a lot of, fo- of foam for uh, for what's actually you know, provided. I mean, it, it, it's got NFC. Uh, it's got 32 gigs of, of uh, storage. Is that a 1080 or 720 on the screen? Um, that's a bit odd to tell. Don't have the best eyes for that. But, um, but is it a decent screen? screen? Looks good? Yeah, it looks oh, it's nice and bright, yeah. I mean, let me just see if I can find the. Must be something here for settings on the screen, but but you know, it, it it's an it's a really nice, uh, nice display. Here we are, brightness level. I don't do brightness. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's got daydream display size. What's display size? That's a good question. That might tell you. No, that's just talking about the, the font size. Yeah, I don't think you can easily get the resolution from the menus. To be fair, so. 
No, I think that's probably not going not to get me anywhere, is it? But you know, I mean, for seventy quid, it's an amazing buy. I think they I think they sell it for something like one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty now on the on the website without the adverts. Um, this is the advert version, which I thought, well, I'm sure Mike Warner is going to work out how to how to hack his way into this presently. Although he's, yeah. he's been saying on Twitter that the bootloader seems to be resolutely locked. But right, okay. He's only had about four hours on it yet, so I'm sure Mike can sort that. Um, Although, in all honesty, I don't really want to see Wiley Fox go bust. I might just pay to have the adverts removed anyway. But yeah, um, what's the price for that then? Is it forty quid? Right. So, okay. so you're still you're still getting a, a pretty decent phone for hundred and ten quid. So I assumed that they wouldn't bother making it that difficult to take the adverts off just because of the percentage of total buyers that would bother to do it. Well, we we don't know yet, do we? <laughs> but I mean, I suppose the answer is uh, that if they can, if it can be done, Mike will do it, and if it can't, yeah. well, I, you know. But um, but you know, it's a nice phone. And what happens is when you switch the screen on, whether you use the the power button or the fingerprint sensor on the back. You get an advert on the screen, so you know there's a sponsored advert here selling power drip of all things, and all you do is swipe right, and it's gone, and that's the last you see of the adverts. You don't get any adverts back until the screen comes back on again. So, if the fingerprint failed and it wanted to do a pattern or a code, would it just give you the advert? You swipe that away, and then you've got the pin. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, I'm just doing, just doing it now. So, you swipe the so, advert away, put the, put the pin in. Click, tick, and away you go. Not too different to the iPhone 10 then, which has got this sort of safety screen on, uh, which you always have to swipe away. There's no instant getting into the iPhone 10, is there? No, 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 you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and and then what you come into is um, it's got its own launcher, which may or may not keep, but you've basically got a pretty standard um, Android installation. So we came this morning, so let's have a little look at it. It is Android 7.1.2 patched to November. Well, that's not... That's really, okay, yeah. That's, that's perfectly respectable, isn't it? Uh, I think they just use uh, their own distribution now, don't they? They don't yeah. use anyone else's. Yeah, they used to use Cyanogen, didn't they? But, um, but of course, Cyanogen packed up. So I think now they, they use basically um, a vanilla version of Android. Um, but I've got to say, I'm, I'm really quite impressed. I mean, I, you know, I haven't taken it out yet. I'm, I've hardly managed to get out of the house the last week or so because of the... Uh, the, the work backlog, but I'm quite looking forward to sort of seeing what I can hack onto this. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm led to believe there's um, a version of Google Camera that will work with it. I don't suppose the camera is that stunning for for the price that it is, but you know, really, when you when you stop and look at what it is, yeah, actually, I've undersold it. There's actually it's 180 pounds without the adverts on the website. I'm just looking it up. Wow. I think, I think your question was fair enough. 16 megapixel camera. Okay, Qualcomm 430 Snapdragon, so not the fastest. It's not too it's got, bad. Got NFC, Quick Charge 3, 4G, dual, dual SIM, uh, 32 gigabytes of memory. Yeah, you know, it's not bad, is it? Really, not for not for the even even actually the full price, it's not bad. Um, but I the guess these days you for. might want a CPU that's slightly better than the 430. But you know, we put up with that class of CPUs on our budget phones for a fair amount of time, didn't we? And so, yeah, we got by. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that I can't really break away from um, iOS from my phone. And that's pretty much down to a combination of things, things like Apple Pay, things like the Apple Watch, which I get lots of use out of, mean that I'm effectively always going to have uh, an iPhone of some variety. 
So what I'm sort of coming towards is, well, maybe I can actually have some fun with, with a, sort of a couple of cheap androids. Um, yeah. I mean, Leon said this the other day. I mean, uh, the, the Mi Max 2, which I, again, I picked it up on the forum at a good price, but it's still only about £200 or something like that. Um, that is one hell of a phone for the, for the price. And it, and it is like having a small tablet. This one, well, it would be nice if Mike works out how to, to um, you know, hack um, hack something onto it. And, and no doubt he'll, he'll look at... Um, um, now I've forgotten what the name of it is. The the OS that he puts he, he, lineage. Yeah, I, I know that he'll look at putting lineage on it. That would be nice, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if it's not possible. And as I say, if the, if the worst comes the worst, well, I just pay to remove the adverts. I'm not, you know, I, I don't really want to see uh, Wiley Fox go bust over this. I mean, Steve, Steve Litchfield reckons they actually got the price wrong on, on the website, and I think he could yeah, be right possibly, on that. Yeah. In in which case, full marks to them for for. Um, Honouring it. Honouring yeah. it. Yeah, it's quick charge three as well. So, you know. It's yeah, 20, it's pretty good. 2700 milliamp hour battery. You know, it's. Mind you, what is what is the going rate for a advert laden budget phone? Well, I mean, you that, can't go that, too much further than that. I mean, 99 no, maybe? No. I mean, I think, I think that is the point. I mean, interestingly enough, if you look on the um, Wiley Fox website now, as I am, um, they only got one advert. Um, version of the phone, and they're selling the Spark Plus, which is a considerably poorer quality phone for 70 quid. In other words, exactly what we all paid um, for, or those of us who were in on the, the deal, Steve Spotsuit, um, they're now selling the Spark Plus for, for, for the same price. Now, the Spark Plus, do they even sell the Spark Plus anymore? I don't know. They do. Maybe they do. Um, Spark Plus bundle. Is uh, so I've got into inverting, got into cases. Here we are. Spark Plus with 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 adverts seventy quid, and the Spark Plus without adverts eighty quid. So actually, not they're not there's not much of a price differential on there. Um, whereas on this uh, on the, on this one, the um, Swift Two Plus, they basically knocked a hundred quid off it. So it, it's kind of hurt them quite a lot. I think selling it at that price, and so. You know, if I do want the adverts gone, well, maybe I'll just pay for it anyway. But yeah. I, I was looking for a phone to have a tinker with. Do you remember yeah. the, the days of the good old orange San Francisco? Absolutely, yeah. You know, we still got great. mine. Yeah, well, there you are. You've got one over me. Um, oh, Airbnb this time I've booted it up. So, you know, you're getting a fair old selection of adverts. Um, uh, and now world, world remit money transfers. You know, it, it's only when you switch it on that you see an advert. But I just thought it might be quite fun to have something to... To tinker with and see what we can yeah. do, and, and in that sense, I hope Mike does unlock the bootloader because I'm sure that that uh, then be possible to get uh, lineage and on it and Google camera on it and so on and so forth. And I guess to be honest, camera, uh, I don't know, but if you've got a decent security update, you just need to get the root access to just disable and remove that. Um, that yeah. advert program, I mean, that's all you'll need, really, that, and then it'll be perfectly want. fine. Yeah, exactly, because at that point, I'll probably put Action Launcher on it, and I've got the Pixel icon pack. It, it, it make a nice little generic phone, I think. To yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, I'm trying to uh, resist these impulse purchases at the moment, try and uh, recover <laughs> after the run-up to Christmas and Christmas uh, itself. If you could see my desk now, evidence of far too much failure to resist impulse purchases, yeah. but... Um, yeah, have to, be, have to be a bit of a sale presently. The latest one is getting excited about uh, Andy's uh, V30 that he's got uh, arriving today. That's uh, something that I would be uh, quite interested in having a play with. Well, it's interesting, actually, because um, Rich posted a, um, 
a, a, a link to a review on the verge of about five different phones. And I thought, oh, it's be really interesting. And if Andy's listening to this, sorry, mate, but you won't like this. But if you if you look at this comparative review, every single time it said, no, the V V30 is the worst. The V30 is the worst. This is on the camera. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite yeah. surprising, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know what it's like on the sound. That's not so, you know. But but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected that. I know when I had um, the G4 and the G5, they were both really quite good cameras. Yeah. Um, and the G6 wasn't bad either. Um, I got so I'm guessing it's characteristic. They're just not liking the characteristics. I mean, yeah, it's a bit I like. Think so too. To be honest, I look at the Pixel Two photos, and whilst they're impressive. They have a character to them. They yes, have they that hdr character. And if... I mean, I don't mind it, but if you took against it, then this not going to be the camera for you. You know, no. you take a photo with the iPhone and it looks a lot more naturalistic, but not as poppy and contrasty and hdr So there could be... A little, I think nowadays we've got to the point where all the phones are really good cameras and people are making different trade-offs in different areas. Yep. They're tweaking their software towards different things. Yeah, you know, you I take agree. you take which... It's now we've got down to kind of like the Canon versus Nikon kind of, I prefer the slightly Canon-y results. I prefer the slightly Nikon-y results. You know, it's that level now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like that and, and like the, the really olden days when, you know, if, if you wanted sort of... Blues, you had, had, had Fuji film or Konica film, and if you wanted sort of uh, Kodaky colours, I suppose kind of giving it away. But you know, you, you, you bought Kodak. I, I, yeah. always, I always preferred Konica, and then of course they, they stopped it and, and uh, used Fuji film. Um, to me, uh, the sort of colours that, that Kodak had were sort of somehow. A little bit too pastely, I suppose. Probably perhaps we one way to describe them, but but yeah, I think you're right. You know, it, I mean, I, I, the phone that I'm still getting the most pleasure out of at the moment, really, is is still the uh, HTC U11. Uh, I guess it would have been nice to have had the U11 Plus, but I can live without that. But but that one actually, in some ways, has the best of both worlds because it has it has HTC's own camera app, which allows lots of fine control, and the Google camera app. Runs an absolute treat on it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I used used actually. I probably used the Google camera app more on holiday than the HTC app in the end because yeah. it was producing such nice results. I was really very happy with it. Now that's perhaps not so surprising as HTC have had more than a little bit to do with making the uh, the Pixel Two and uh, was it both of the earlier Pixel? I can't remember which one it was now, but you know it, it's not so surprising. Um, but that camera actually gives me a bit of a choice, whereas uh, so many others don't. I mean, yeah, Samsung. Yeah. I, I, I think I think the Note Eight takes really nice pictures, but uh, there's something about it that I just sort of think, hmm, it's almost clinical in some ways. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, there, there is something in the algorithm that just doesn't produce a, a an appealing picture a lot of the time when it when it perhaps could do. So, so yeah, I think you're right. I think we've we've hit a sort of. Um, a, a, a temporary resting point. Now that that said, is it is it really a temporary resting point? Because the new technology in the Google camera, yeah, it should is, push everyone else on a notch, shouldn't it? Well, who would have thought that there'd be any question of Google having the best camera on a smartphone? You know, certainly, certainly two years ago, no, you uh, wouldn't have thought so, would you? Yeah. The Nexuses were always very poor, very average, weren't they? I suppose the the last Nexuses weren't so bad, the five X and the six P, but they weren't ahead. They weren't ahead of the True. game. I think, but um, then even then, the computational photography had started to take hold at that point, hadn't it? Yeah. Whereas um, the previous ones, I, I think it was something to do with 
well, I think it might be something to do with the fact that because they were selling these as developer phones and they had to have all of the... is all open source, wasn't it? And yeah. the, they probably were a little bit reluctant to put too much sort of patented software tech into the Nexuses because, you know, they would have had to have make allowances for that when they were sort of giving away the drivers and the, you know, the open source and stuff. So I think a little bit of that may have played into it. And then by the time they got to um, the 6P, the 5X and the Pixels, they thought, well, actually, let's, rather than worrying about sort of licensing uh, somebody else's software to run on the sort of closer to the lens. We'll actually do it in the our camera software rather than uh, somebody else's. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you might be right. I mean, it, I don't really know quite what game they're playing now with the Google camera app because there are so many hacked versions of it for so many different phones. You can't help but wonder that maybe they should just release it because at least that way they get all the data and, and whatever and, and presumably could innovate some more yeah that would be good yeah i mean you've you've got a pixel 2 haven't you yeah yeah uh, as have i i mean it's not been great weather for taking photographs of late and i I can't honestly say that i can see any difference between the pixel 2 and and the htc u11 but of course it may well be that when you get some better light and and certain types of pictures that this processing uh, chip in in the pixel 2 will start to make a difference well their way forward surely is to release the, the camera app but deny anybody the access to the the, the fine-tuning coprocessor I suppose. well i don't i'm still not 100 percent sure what the state of this coprocessor is i i got the impression maybe it's more to help third-party applications use this functionality because in the camera itself i can't tell any difference in processing time with the latest 8.1 builds and the previous and the original initial 8.0 builds so i'm not sure what it is doing at the moment i'm maybe we need to wait another couple of versions before uh, everything's totally cranked up yeah i mean i I read that a bit differently i I read the fact that this was now up and running and they were going to give third party developers access to it so um that's what i mean they would they would uh, enable the third party developers to utilize some oh, of this uh, logic by giving them access to the chip yeah i'm with you okay yeah well i think that probably is it and, and you know may, maybe it's very early days for that processor and, and that in itself needs more fine-tuning i guess but um whatever you know because of this this computational ability uh google seems to me to be the people's beat and and you know samsung have got years of design of cameras as of lg uh, hdc have pulled a good camera out of the, out this year um, Apple uh, supposedly got 800 people developing the camera alone on the iPhone, and yeah. yet Google come along with this and say, "Well, okay, that's fine. Now, now have, a, have, a, have a look at this and see what you think of this." And, the, and they kind of got themselves the head of the game almost in one go, haven't they? So yeah, it is quite amazing. It will be interesting to see. Well, Although yeah, I, I still think if I'm heading out, I, I probably would still go for the iPhone 10 because you have that flexibility of the telephoto. The photos themselves look a little bit more naturalistic. And I think that the, I know that you've got the live photo functionality now on the Pixel, but I just love the live photo functionality and the portrait functionality. And people can say that the portrait functionality is really good on the Pixel too. I personally think it's, it's been pretty rubbish for me when I've tried to use it. I don't know what your experience has been like on it, but I, I continue to get fantastic shots out of the iPhone portrait functionality. I've had some good shots out of the iPhone portrait functionality, but to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the effect because I think 
firstly, it's not how you actually see things a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes it is, but but a lot of the time. So, so I look at it, I think, well, that looks a bit unnatural. But the other thing that I also think is, in 20 years' time, when this sort of buzz has, has gone down, we're all going to be left with loads of pictures in portrait, and we're going to be going, well, what was in the background then? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, th- I think I use it probably fairly sparingly. But yeah, I agree with you. The iPhone is producing a much better job of that than, than the, the Pixel. Hardly surprising, is it, really, let's be honest. Um I mean, I, I still think the trend is likely to be towards phones with three cameras rather than two yes. cameras or yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But you know, somebody could easily prove us wrong and manage to get it all in one lens, and that's 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 a possibility. I and suppose. we still wait with bated breath for Sony to make its triumphant return into phone cameras, which it's got to do at some point. It's just not yet. Well, Maybe I, this year. Yeah, yeah this year will be the year of the Sony camera phone. Yeah, I don't really know what Sony's game is, really, because um, Ericsson, before they merged with Sony, produced great cameras. Sony Ericsson produced great cameras. Um, what was it, the C905, 8-megapixel yeah. camera? I got some the lovely Satios, those were brilliant. Yeah, the Satios. Um, yeah, I, yes, actually, the Satio. I enjoyed that no end, um, although it did have a rather alarming ability to make calls in your pocket, which... Cost me a fortune when it once chose to ring my mother-in-law when I was in Germany. But there you go. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, yeah, it, it could have been, couldn't it? <laughs> um, but um, but no, I mean that was a lovely phone. I mean, we can go back to where that one went wrong, but I think I've rabbited about that quite enough. But but yeah, why why have they not produced a decent camera phone? You can only really imagine because they think it will damage the sales of small compact cameras, but. Do they really make much money out of that? I don't know. I mean, as it is, I don't really like the design very much of the Sony phones. They're a bit chunky. Um, uh, I, I believe they've got rid of a lot of their bloatware now, haven't they? Because they used to be full of bloatware. And, and the thing that really got me, I think I had three or four um, Xperia's, the X3 and whatever. Um, every time it was a great camera until you actually tried to use it when it produced ugh, pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see them come back. But I can't see how they can take on... on the, the the resources of Apple and the computational power of Google. So it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I think um the I think the thing about Sony is they could do it at any time. If they wanted to, they could do it. I'd I'd have no idea why they're not doing it at the moment, but if they wanted to turn around and produce a phone with a very good screen. You know, they have a lot of know-how when it comes to screens. Yeah. With a fantastic camera. They've got a lot of know-how when it comes to cameras. They've got a lot of know-how when it comes to putting uh, music players together. So it's all in their power to make the perfect phone as it has been for the last five They've been at what? They've been sort of second class citizens now for what, five, six years? They yeah, could, I think that's they right. Could, yeah. They could turn that around this year if they wanted to, if they put the effort in in the right places, they got their various departments talking. So let's hope that if, it, if it's not this year, it'll be next year, maybe it'll be the year after. Let's see what happens. So I've got one more uh, piece of uh, uh, follow-up from the last time we spoke. Because yeah. um, you were having some problems with your Bluetooth in your car, I think. And I was yeah, telling yeah. you that I had some problems with my USB interface in the car. And what was happening was I was plugging in my uh, iPhones with a lightning lead that basically there's a USB cable in a USB slot in my um, armrest and yeah, you can yeah. plug in a, a lightning cable and you plug into your iPhone and then you don't have to worry about using Bluetooth or anything like that. It just you press play on the phone and it just plays through the lightning cable and out of the car and you get a nice head up display with all the album art and you've got all the full rich controls there on the steering wheel volume forward track back track all this kind of stuff and it was working 
bulletproof uh, with all my iPhones up until the 7 Plus. Mm. And then in my head, it, I suspected it was when the software got upgraded to iOS 11 that it started acting up and dropping out and, uh, you know, only staying connected for a few seconds. And whenever I tried to interact with it, it would die. And then I'd go on some other drives and it would be rock solid again for maybe an hour, two hours. And it was driving me slightly mad. So what I did was I thought, well, I've got suspicion that this is iOS 11. So I've been driving for the last few days with my 5C mm-hmm. plugged in, which is maxes out at uh, iOS 10, 10.33, yeah. and it's been bulletproof again. So I think this is yeah. evidence that... Sounds the same, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's iOS 11 that's got a problem with speaking to uh, cars over USB, and it's... Um, Hopefully, we'll get fixed at some point. But for the time being, I basically have a 5C permanently in my car, acting as the in-car entertainment, and it's doing a fantastic job. So, actually, you're, you're getting use out of a pretty old phone, but it's doing a good job for you. Um, it is, which you yeah. wouldn't have done otherwise. I mean, I, mean I, I think you're right. My, my car is going to have its software flashed in a fortnight's time. I and mean, what a ridiculous situation having to get a software upgrade to your car, car for, uh, software <laughs> yes. because yeah. your phone has got a new operating system. But, but like you, I, I, I think the same. Uh, every Android phone I've got continues to work absolutely perfectly with my um, car stereo. Uh, and uh, my my two iPhones, which are both on iOS 11, won't play with it. So, yeah, I think we probably got the nail on the head. Mm. But hopefully Apple will fix this USB thing, because it's not it's a long time until my next uh, service that when I can ask them to put try and put an update on the software on. I don't know if it's got the latest or not. I, I tried again to upgrade the software on there, and it refuses to do it over USB. So um, I'll let the garage do that, but... Uh, hopefully it'll just get fixed in the phone. It's, um, you know, people moan about Apple, um, you know, getting worse and worse and buggier and buggier. And I kind of roll my eyes because I don't really see it that often. But this particular USB bug is driving me a little bit uh, mad, although I have sort of worked around it now just by having an additional phone. Question the other... is, should you have to, though? Well, you shouldn't really, should you? No. I do. I have another bug that annoys me on my first gen um Apple Watch, which may force me to get a brand new Apple Watch, maybe, is the, I use my Apple Watch for very few things. But one of the things that I use it for is for tracking runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whenever I sort of press the crown in to get the set of apps, and I press the little running man to start a uh, exercise session off, it brings up the various different types of runs that I can go on. I press go for a running workout, and, it, and the, the whole app is frozen. Mm. It doesn't react. And I have to kill the app, um, which isn't that straightforward with the Apple Watch. No. Kill the app, restart it. And as it's a Series 0, it takes ages to restart these apps. Uh, and then it will let me go on a run. It's really annoying. And, and I've actually done a full reset of this watch fairly recently. It was kind of over Christmas time, I think, just before Christmas, that I did a full reset of the watch. And it's still got this problem. So... It's kind of frustrating. I guess I need to speak with Apple because I can't think of any workarounds that I can do other than a, another full reset. Yeah, which, which really is just a complete pain if you have to keep doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, time for a podcast extra now. We've hot off the press some reaction from Andy about his brand new V30. Over to you, Andy. Hi, everyone. This is Andy. And yes, I am still in New York. I recently purchased something which was a bit cheeky. 
because um, there's nothing wrong with what I had before that. But we all know what it's like when you have a smartphone and you enjoy it and you like it. But then months and months pass and suddenly what you bought seems a little bit old and you want to change it up. So as you may remember from the last podcast, I bought an LG V30 and it came brand new, never used, never opened. And I absolutely love it. Now, I know I say that all the time about anything that I've just purchased, especially just coming from the Note 8, which, again, fantastic device. One of the things I've been really enjoying with the V30 is holding the phone. Doesn't sound like much, but when you're holding any kind of phone or device for a long period of time, let's say you're reading a book or something on your phone, then the weight and the feel of it is actually really important. The Note 8 is a great device. It has many whistles and many bells, but one thing it does have is quite a lot of weight. I think it's just over 200 grams. And when you're holding that thing for a long period of time, you do find yourself switching hands quite a lot because it's quite tiring. The refreshing thing with the V30 is that it is very lightweight. It comes in at about 158 grams, I think. The rounded corners of the V30 also help when you're holding it for a long period of time. You don't get the hand fatigue with the Note 8. So overall, I'm really enjoying the V30. I haven't had it for very long. It's been set up for the last, I'm going to say four days, maybe five days. And I've set it up almost exactly as I had set up the Note 8 using Nova Launcher, putting on the apps that I'd had before. It's funny, actually, when you set up a new phone, you go through the apps that you had previously and you end up putting about half back on because you realize you had many apps that you never even used so i didn't reinstall them but i always install with a fresh install i never copy from what's in the google cloud because i'm always afraid of something being downloaded that really shouldn't be there especially switching from a samsung to an lg so i did a fresh install of everything and it seems to be great the other thing that i've noticed almost immediately which I, and I know it's early days. It is early days, and so we've got to see how things go. But um, my big complaint with the Note 8 was overnight, it seemed to be losing about 40% of battery when it was sat there doing nothing. Well, it's not like that with the V30, thank goodness. I'm losing about 4 or 5%, which is great. But to be fair, that's how things started out with the Note. So maybe... A few months down the road, the V30 might go the same way and be begging for a, a factory reset or something. I don't know. But so far, so good. I do remember when I had the trial device, the, the trial V30, I was comparing photos with the Note 8 and the V30. And I did find the V30's photos back then in October, but quite grainy in comparison to the, the Note 8. I haven't had that much opportunity to take many pictures with the V30 so far, but the ones I have taken... I've been impressed with. And if you want to zoom in, yep, there's still a little bit of graininess there. But really, when in the reality of everything, you know, these photos are probably going to be posted to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They're not going to be printed. They're not going to be blown up 8 by 10 So as long as the coloring and the lighting and the detail are all good enough, then I'm quite happy with that. I think going from the Note 8 to the V30 comes down to losing the stylus but gaining the Hi-Fi quad DAC, which is in the headphone jack, which does make a huge difference, actually. And I don't have very fancy headphones, but the headphones I do have, they're Bose. You plug your headphones in and you can almost immediately realize the difference between listening to music without that and listening to music with that. 
So I've been really impressed with that as well. And I'm glad that's a feature that I'm now enjoying. And of course, the telephoto lens on the on the Note 8 was getting a little bit ignored. And the wide angle lens on the V30 is getting some use. So I think this is probably going to be a good move for me for now. And we'll see what is going to happen with that as the weeks go by and I put it through its paces a little bit more. So anyway, that is my very quick summary of the LG V30. Um, and I'm sure I'll be able to come back onto the tech box with some more details on how I'm getting on with it. So I'm going to hand you back to the fine gentleman of the tech box and I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I reckon we've probably talked for long enough, don't you? We have, yeah. Okay, James, well, thank you very much for the chat. And, Cheers, uh, Richard. Look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, speak soon. Bye-bye. Right. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.